Awesome. Well, let me minister out of Mark chapter 9 as we continue our Goliath Must Fall series. I'm going to read verses 33 through 35. The scriptures say, Jesus and his disciples went to his home in Capernaum. After they were inside the house, Jesus asked them, what were you arguing about along the way? They had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. And so they did not answer. After Jesus sat down and told the 12 disciples to gather around him, he said, If you want the place of honor, you must become a slave and serve others. Let's pray. Father, we seek you this morning, and we just pray that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing. Lord, we are open to whatever you want to accomplish, and we pray in this place, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, these disciples are arguing about who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? In modern terminology, they would probably say, who is the goat? The greatest of all time. And we are a lot like these disciples with these conversations. Whether it's who has the best church? Who has the biggest amount of people? Who has the most followers on Instagram? What's the greatest celebrity? Who should have Justin Bieber been engaged to, right? We argue these things all the time. Who is the greatest? of all time. Uh, This might divide our church right now, but let me just take an organic poll right now. But who is the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball? Is it Michael Jordan? Okay, all right. Or is it it LeBron James? (laughs) Okay, I think we settled it. I think we settled it. (laughs) Wow. And so, who is the greatest of all time? <laughs> and we, we have these arguments, but to measure who is the greatest, we talk about who is the most athletic or the richest or the strongest or the most handsome or the most connected. That's how we measure greatness, who has the best winning record, all these kind of things. But Jesus says, if you want the place of honor, if you want to be great, you must become a slave and serve one another. If you want the place of honor, serve one another. If you want the place of honor, go low, not in self-promotion, but in selflessness. And this is a currency in the kingdom of God, serving. And I believe it's so important for us to understand, but sometimes it's hard for us to get it. I know in my Christian journey, as I began following Jesus, it was pretty hard for me to understand. When I was in high school, I was a pretty awkward kid. I was not very popular at all. But this girl agreed to go to homecoming dance with me, and she was a beautiful girl, she was popular, and I was like, praise God, the God of miracles, and she goes, and I I decide, all right, I need a, I need a dress to impress, so I, I didn't realize how curly my hair was, so I combed it out, and I put excessive amounts of mousse in there, so I got mousse self-created dandruff going on, but my, my hair was straight like the white people, so I knew I would fit in in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, where I grew up, just trying to do whatever it took. And I got a suit and a tie. I had to learn how to iron. And she got dressed up. She was looking great. I take her to a fancy restaurant before we go to homecoming. We're going to eat food. And we're hanging out. And I'm like, man, she must be impressed with my greatness because I look good. And uh, we're small talking talking about the restaurant, talking about each other looking good. Hey, you clean up well. Did I pin the corsage on right? Sorry about the blood. You know, just small talk. (laughs) And uh, as we're 
eating and small talking, it starts to get a little awkward. And finally, after a lot of small talk, she asked me this question. Why aren't you eating your food? And then I, I realized something really embarrassing and really awkward, and I didn't know how to explain it to her. So I just blurted it out. I said, you know what, Jessica? The reason I'm not eating my food is because I've been waiting for you to cut it for me. <laughs> you see, I grew up with a Sri Lankan mom who cut my food for me all the time, <laughs> especially at fancy events. And uh, I was waiting for her, not intentionally, but just in my subconscious mind, I was waiting for this girl who was dressed up, had her hair done, wearing the, the corsage. I was waiting for her to cut my food, and I was so embarrassed. And uh, I was trying to impress her while at the same time asking her to serve me. And uh, I never went to homecoming with her again. <laughs> <laughs> she did end up cutting the food, though. Glory to God. <laughs> she actually did. <laughs> you know, I was all dressed up, but my lack of service failed to impress her. And I think in the church sometimes, we show up waiting for the bride of Christ to serve us. We show up on Sunday mornings and we criticize churches saying, you know, I, I didn't like that church because the worship wasn't my style. They didn't serve me well enough. Or the people weren't friendly. They didn't connect to me. They didn't greet me. They let me fall through the cracks. They didn't serve me well enough. Or I, I tried to join the volunteer team, but they, they just didn't communicate and I got burnt out. The church didn't serve me well enough. And we have this posture at times that the church is supposed to serve us. We are supposed to be served. But Jesus says in the kingdom of God, if you want the place of honor, you need to become like a servant, a slave, and serve others. This is the DNA of the kingdom. This is how us as Jesus followers ought to be. Not simply be served all the time, but to be servants. Amen. But many times we have these qualms with serving, and I had to learn a lot about this. And we say things to ourselves like, I, I would serve, I would get involved with the church, I would volunteer, you know, if I, I just, I'm not qualified. I, I'm not spiritual enough, I don't pray enough, I don't read the Bible, I haven't been Christian very long, I, I got a track record. If you knew what I was thinking about, if you knew what I was looking at, you would not want me anywhere near the church. I'm not a spiritual elite person. Person. I'm just not qualified enough. I didn't even know there's opportunities to serve, especially for people like me. Sometimes we say, when it comes to serving and volunteering, I'm just not available. I don't have time. I'm busy with my family. I'm busy with school. I'm busy with work. I'm busy with so many things. I'm busy with my hobbies. And honestly, serving on a Sunday morning, waking up extremely early, or giving back to the community, or whatever, it's just not on the top of my priority list. You know, it's not, it's not what I have time for. I'm just, I'm maxed out. I don't have a lot of margin. I, I, 
I can't serve. I'm just not available. And what we see in businesses or churches, have you ever heard of the principle called the Pareto principle? And we see this a lot of times in the church. And basically, it's the 80-20 principle, where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. In a, in a business, 20% of the employees typically produce like 80% of the work. And you're like, man, those people are not doing anything, and I'm doing everything. Where are my 20 percenters? Where you feel that at work? Man, I do, I do everything. Well, that can happen in the church as well. 20% of the volunteers end up doing 80% of the work, and then those 20% get burnt out, and then there's the next time for an opportunity to serve, and then they're saying, ah, I just, I don't have the time for that. And then the third reason I found that people don't really have the capacity to serve or don't want to serve is they'll say, I'm, I'm just not ready. I've served in the church before, and I was hurt. I was taken advantage of. I, I was only used for my gifts and my talents. People didn't really see me as a human being, but only as someone who could do tasks or chores. And I just, I can't do that. My heart's not ready. The church is still too painful for me. I can't get that involved. And so I don't know where you're at this morning and the reasons maybe you've been hesitant to serve, but I want to let you know that I believe that you guys are all amazing followers of Jesus, and I'm excited for you to tap into the potential that Jesus says. If you want a place of honor, you must serve others, because I believe that there are people here who are madly in love with Jesus, amen? There are people here who really want to make a difference in Bellevue, and I, I believe that a message like this could shape our lives forever as as we move forward. And in case you haven't heard a message like this before, I'm excited for your future. And I believe that if we can apply these things, that as we look back five years from now, 10 years from now, we'll realize a, a principle like this, serving, helping others, freely giving the love of God like we freely receive will change our destinies forever. Amen. And so serving is part of our DNA. It's who we are. And connecting this to the story of David and Goliath, we've been talking about how there was this battle between two hills. There was a valley in between. On one hill, there was the Israelites, God's chosen people, the army, and they were seeing the Philistines with a champion named Goliath who for 40 days was mocking the Israelites saying, hey, you send one person to fight me, whoever wins the battle wins all of this, and you will be my slaves or I will be your slaves forever. Fight me. And this battle went on for 40 days where every day they were being mocked. And we've been talking about how there are giants in your lives that have been mocking you, whether it's an addiction or a relationship problem, a marriage or a problem with your children or a problem in relationships or your purpose. And you're just like, ah, the giants in my life, the things that are stressing me out, they're weighing down on me and they're overcoming me and they're just mocking me every day. And so in this battle, we see this happening for 40 days, but then a young boy, a shepherd named David gets an assignment from his father, Jesse, and he says, hey, I've given you this grain and I've given you 10 pieces of cheese. Can you bring them to the battle? Bring them to your brothers and bring them to the other soldiers. So this young shepherd boy has all this grain, has these 10 cuts of cheese. And I think a couple of weeks ago, we established that that cheese was brie and a combination of pepper jack, right? Any other favorite cheese represented here? Beechers, sharp. All right, so it was all that. This, as I look into the, 
the historical credibility of this. Yes, yes, it was Beecher's cheese. And, uh, <laughs> and so he brings it, and then he sees that this giant is mocking the people of God. And this young boy is like looking at the soldiers who aren't doing anything. And he says, how dare this giant comes against, how, how dare he comes against the people of God? Someone's got to do something. So he says, sign me up. I'll, I'll fight this Philistine. I'll fight him. And then he takes his sling and he defeats the giant. And then all the other soldiers kind of snap out of the trance and they take over the rest of the army. And that's the story of David and Goliath. And I I believe that there are some lessons here on servanthood that we can learn from David. And I want to share. And the first thing, when we discuss how we can be servants, how we can apply what Jesus talks about in this, this section in Mark, the first thing we can do and learn from David about being a servant is number one, we need to start with cheese. Everyone say, start with cheese. All right, 1 Samuel 17, 16 says, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champions strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of Beecher's cheese sharp cheddar to their captain. And David, he ends up delivering a nation from the Philistines. But before David ever delivered a nation from a giant, he was delivering cheese. David starting, started with delivering cheese and ended up delivering a nation. Come on, somebody. So I thought I would title this message from delivering cheese to delivering a nation, or you got to start cutting cheese before you can cut a giant. You can pick your own title. <laughs> Everybody say, cut the cheese. But don't cut the cheese. Just say it. Don't spray it. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) It's gross. You know, service is not the root of our salvation. We aren't saved. We aren't going to spend eternity with God because of how good we serve. It's not the, the root of salvation, but may I offer to you that service is the fruit of salvation. That save people, serve people. And Jesus had set up a pattern in his life where he said, hey, Jesse, my father, you've asked me to do this unglamorous task, and I will do it in faithful obedience. You asked me to deliver this cheese, and that cheese ended up with him on the front line of the battle, and that battle ended with him defeating a giant and delivering a nation. And I believe servanthood is a hinge that doors swing on. And how many of you guys know that big doors swing on small hinges? Big doors swing on small hinges. And sometimes when it comes to being faithful servants, we're like, God, I want to change the world. God, I want to be a vessel. God, use me to help people. God, use me to make a difference. But sometimes I feel like God just says, hey, start with cheese. Stack up some chairs. Drive a truck. Say an encouraging word to someone. Just be faithful in the little things. I remember when I was first called to the ministry, I had this encounter with God where I felt like, God, I will do whatever you want. Just use me. I want to I make a difference. I want to advance the kingdom of God. And especially after college, you know, I, I had been a chaplain in college and Bible school. I graduated. I was the Valley Victorian speaker. I got to speak with some big Christian names as, uh, as people are graduating. And I had all these job offers around the nation to be like a youth pastor, to have some pretty big platforms. But I felt like the Lord spoke to 
me, hey, I don't want you to take these high-profile positions. I want you to go to this pastor and live in his basement for the next two years and just learn how to serve for free. I was like, God, no! <laughs> so I did that. I moved to this church. I had never had a conversation with this pastor. And I, I say, can I live in your basement and just serve the church for free? He's like, yes and amen. <laughs> Actually, let me pray about it. Yep, yes, done praying. And so I, I served there, and it was it was not glamorous. During the day, I would be serving, you know, at the church in the office, just stacking chairs, cleaning bathrooms. And then I would get home, and I would still be in the pastor's house. I had no break, and then I would be cleaning in the kitchen and, and doing chores around there. And then for some reason, our church canceled services for 90 days and just did prayer and worship for 90 days straight, no break. And guess who took care of the building at night? <laughs> <laughs> me. So I'd be working at the church office during the day. I'd be at the house during the night. And then through from 8 p.m. to like 8 a.m., I would be praying and worshiping and resting in the Spirit of God. <laughs> and uh, for two years, that didn't last for two years, but I served and served and served and served. And to be honest, I hated it. It was taxing on my soul. It was actually some of the hardest two years of my whole life. And I was like, God, why did you call me to do this? I should be, like, preaching to stadiums. Like, I should have, like, a whole platform where I can, I can be useful for you. God, I can preach the gospel, and people will get saved. Don't you know what I'm capable of, God? <laughs> and I just felt over and over, start with cheese. Be faithful with small, and I will trust you with the big. Start with cheese. And you know what? Big doors swing on small hinges. And the first Sunday I served at that Sunday service, the first Sunday I served, you want to know who I met? I met Amritha. And her name wasn't Amritha back then. Her name is Amritha G. Manoher, and back then it was Amy Miller. Come on, somebody. How many of you guys believe in new creation? God will give you a new name. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, I met her. And honestly, I think the reward for serving in just unglamorous obedience for me was my amazing wife, Pastor Amritha. So sign up to serve Kalos Church, guaranteed spouse. Just kidding. I can't guarantee that, but, but maybe. But maybe. <laughs> Big doors swing on small hinges. Another way we can say this to ourselves is, Lord, do what you please even if it's just delivering cheese. Kind of cheesy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Second thing I'm learning from David about servanthood is I like that David immediately, without question, he just signed up for the battle. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run in fright. So the people of Israel, these soldiers who had been trained to fight in battle, as soon as they saw an opportunity to fight, ran away in fear. How many of you guys want to retrain these soldiers? But then a young shepherd boy who's used to just being alone with animals, in verse 32, his response to the giant's taunts is, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul, who is the king. I'll go fight him. 
Some people, when they see a battle, they just step up to the challenge. Some people, when they see a battle, they get in the game. I love people like that. You know, I am typically in the house, I'm not always that kind of person. When people come over and we host a big dinner, like my dad's in the house right now, he just cooked an amazing Sri Lankan curry dinner, my favorite food in the whole world. But after we cook a big dinner, there's a lot of dishes, right? Especially when you serve a lot of people. And you can see some people who just conveniently step outside when the dishes pile up, right? And some people say, hey, sign me up. How can I help? What needs to be clean? Uh, who, who here is a conveniently step aside person? <laughs> You're just like, I'm just going to fade away. Other people are like, hey, there's dishes. I'm going to clean. Sign me up. The soldiers, they are being mocked for 40 days. They're just watching the giant say, come fight me. Do what you've been trained to do. Hey, soldiers, soldier on over here. But they just camped out and were eating cheese that little boys were bringing them. But then here comes a, a shepherd, little boy, and he says, I will fight the giant. These soldiers who are trained, man, they should be embarrassed about themselves. Why aren't they doing what they were designed to do? Why aren't they doing what they could do, what they're called to do? But you know what? I will fight the battle. Sign me up. And I, I believe that that is happening here at Kalos Church, that people are saying, sign me up. I have a vision to make known the beauty of Jesus too. I believe the giants of death and depression and suicide and addiction and debt. I believe that these giants in Bellevue need a fall. So sign me up for the dream team at Kalos Church. I'm in. You know, I was just hanging out with Dale over here. Where's Dale? Or Dale over here, and he, he has been church shopping. He made an Excel spreadsheet about what he was looking for in a church, and, uh, and then he said, hey, Kalos has met the criteria, and as soon as I made the decision that this is my church, I have decided with my wife that we're jumping in. And so tonight at Unveil, he's going to unveil that he's leading a small group, and you can learn about what kind of small group him and his wife are going to be leading. It's going to be awesome. But he says, that's the kind of person I am. That's the kind of people we are as a couple. If We've committed to a church. We know we need to be committed, but we know we don't want to just be consumers, but we want to be contributors. We want to engage in the battle. We want to destroy death. We want to help people who are hopeless. We want to help people who are looking for community. Find community. Sign me up. There's a battle. I'm a soldier, so let's do what soldiers do and tear down the gates of death. Come on. I love that. That's a, an amazing mentality. And David had that. He got in the game. And I, I just want to challenge all of us. Can we stop going to church and start being the church? Can we stop just going to church and start being church? Believe it or not, the church doesn't just exist to serve followers of Christ. In fact, we as followers of Christ, we are the church and we exist to serve the world. We're not here to just be entertained. It's not like we just go to the gym, we go to a concert, and then we go to church. No, we are the church. This comedy club is not a church. If this comedy club closed its doors, said we can't come here anymore, guess what? Caleb should grow even stronger because you can't stop us. We're the people of God. We're soldiers. And when giants try to destroy us or mock us, we say, no, not on our watch. We will fight the battles that the Lord has us fight. We will advance the kingdom of God. For the poor, we will help them. For the marginalized, we will be there. We will stand in the gap for those who need hope and love and faith and peace. We are the church and we exist for the world. Come on, somebody. Am I right? 
Sign me up for the battle. So let's stop just going to the church and start being the church. And then here's a question, a question that's been kind of convicting to me. What if everybody in the church were exactly like you? I mean, we, we're so easy. We, we can criticize the church so easily and bash it, whether it's the worship or the hypocrites or people being unfriendly. But what if the church was made up of people who are all exactly like you? Would it be a church where worship is super awkward because we, we just refuse to engage and we refuse to have passion? Or would it would be a church alive where we're like, Jesus, we love you. We will sing your praise. We'll get even more undignified than this. We will dance and fully surrender to you. Lord, we will worship you with all our heart, mind, and strength. You know, if the church were exactly like you, would it be a generous church? We're like, we have so much to offer people. We're just taking ground here and there because we have the stewardship of God's people. Or would it be like a church where we can't do anything because we don't have finances? Would it be a church where nobody's driving the truck? Nobody's serving the children? Nobody's loving people as they walk in through our doors for the first time? Or would it be a church that's overflowing with people saying, hey, God, do as you please, even if it's just me serving cheese? If the church were exactly like you, all of it, all the people here, what would the church be like? Would it be a church you wanted to go to? Or would it be a church where you're like, that church isn't very friendly? That church isn't very much alive? That church isn't really on mission? Isn't that a convicting question? But we are in a battle. And as Christians, we aren't just called to go to church. We're called to be the church and be followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? We love the church because we love Jesus. We love the people of Bellevue because we freely give what Jesus has given us. And I just love this question. And uh, I, I, I believe that this church is already filled with people who have said, hey, sign me up. I love it. And uh, actually, as we give you an opportunity, we're going to ask you to fill out a piece of paper that's on your chairs about different areas you can serve, especially as we launch two services. We have a big vision, and we're going to need a lot of help to accomplish this. And I don't want us to be like the army that was just watching a giant mock. They're just sitting on the sidelines. But I want us to have a heart of the shepherd boy that says, hey, I'll fight that battle. Sign me up. And I, I want to show you some people who last year said, sign me up. Before we even had a building... Before they had even heard me preach or Pastor Amritha preach, they said, hey, you're starting a church, I'm in. I'm in. I've never heard you preach. You might be weird, but I'm in. And thankfully, we all discovered we're not weird. <laughs> but I, I want to show you a video of different departments and the leaders for those departments. And as you watch it, maybe the Lord will speak to you about a department maybe you could serve in so you could help us make known the beauty of Jesus. Phil, let's play this video with all the departments. Hey, Kalos, my name is Josh. I have the pleasure of heading up the operations team. I say I have the pleasure because this is really an amazing team of incredible people. Seriously, go find someone on operations and give them a high five because each member of this team works hard every service to make sure this is a place where everyone can experience the beauty of Jesus. From coordinating logistics and problem-solving new issues to moving tables and maintaining the environment of Kalos, we serve behind the scenes to make sure every other team is equipped well. It's definitely hard work, but it's great to be part of a team that has your back. I think we keep it fun throughout, too. I'm so excited to see where this team goes. We've got big things ahead, and I'd love for you to be part of the Kalos Operations team. Thanks. 
Hey guys, this is Michelle. My husband Brent and I help lead the Kalos Kids ministry team. Being on the kids team is amazing. We help kids understand the love of God. We help them build their faith for a lifetime of sustainable faith. And we also help them go on adventures, learning about how life should be meant to live. And we do it all with friends. And I'm here to let you know that being on the kids team is super awesome. How did you hear about Kalos? For most of us, it was through social media. How do you know all the lyrics during worship? Or how are you watching me right now? The media team helps make every Kalos service a great experience and reaches out through social media to draw others into that experience with us. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just looking to learn, if you want to make known the beauty of Jesus through media, whether it's video, photos, social media, or graphics, we'd love for you to join our team. Hi, my name is Andrew, and I head up the production team here at Kalos, and we're a team full of awesome, passionate individuals who are longing to help people engage with the beauty of Jesus artistically. We've got musicians on the stage, we've got vocalists singing our songs, we've got audio engineers running our sound, lighting technicians, and computer people who are putting the lyrics on our screen so that everybody can experience and engage with the beauty of Jesus. So if you have an interest in any one of those categories, our team is for you and I'd like to invite you to join. Let's face it, going to church can be intimidating no matter where your walk with God is. And if you're a first time visitor, that first impression can be crucial. That's why the connection teams exist, to provide a warm and comfortable experience for every guest. Our vision is to love people and forge families by creating and maintaining a friendly and inviting atmosphere. With coffee and snacks, we love to connect people with one another on a more personal level. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, there's definitely a place for you. If you would like to make known the beauty of Jesus by meeting and connecting with new people, we'd love to have you on our team. Can we give it up for our different departments? That is awesome. Hey, if you're on the dream team, can you raise your hand? Can we give these guys a round of applause? Thank you for making known the beauty of Jesus. You guys are amazing. And so we're filled with the church already that has signed up. And I don't want anybody to feel like condemnation because I, I know what it's like to just attend a church and be healed and be restored. And uh, I have grace for that. But I know that some of you are watching the battle and you're like, man, someone needs to help out. Someone needs to do something. And if that's you, if you're saying, hey, I, I want to freely give what I've received. I'm not saying you have to give everything to Kalo's church. We're just one church. But I, I just want to encourage you to get planted in a church and give what you have. Give, you don't have to give more than you have. I'm just asking you to use what you have, your time, your talent, and treasure, and make a difference for the kingdom of God to sign up. You know, there's this scripture in Psalm 92 that I, I think it's awesome. And I just want to let you know, being planted in a church and serving, it will help you flourish. It says this in verse 12, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. And I, I just believe in this principle that where there are fruits, there, there have been roots. 
And where, it, where there are roots, there are fruits. And, and some of us feel like our spiritual lives uh, are just not progressing, that we're not, we're not flourishing, that we're not experiencing all that God has for us. And I, I think Jesus tried to make it very clear. Like, if you want to reach higher places, see more, if you want to reach that place of honor, you need to become like a slave and serve one another. And we, as we are planted in the house of God, as we are planted in the battle where we say, sign me up, I'm not leaving, we will go from glory to glory to glory. We will overcome battle and battle and battle. And David, in verse 3 of this First uh, Samuel 17, he says, don't be ridiculous when he, the king heard that David wanted to fight. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both the lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And for me, I love that David was faithful to take care of his sheep. And as he was faithful, as he planted roots, he was able to level up in strength and go from greatness to greatness to go from glory to glory. As he served his sheep, he was able to overcome a bear, and then a lion, and then a giant. And I I believe that we are called to start with cheese and see what God will do. Some of you have dreams in your heart, and you've given up on that dream, and I want to challenge all of us. Can we dream again for the glory of God? Some of us have been hurt in the church before, and I'm there. You know, after serving that time in Colorado, I quit the ministry. I ran away to Korea for a year, and I was like, I'm done with ministry. But then in a church plant in Minnesota, my pastor challenged me to dream again, to set down roots. And I experienced a fruit of healing. And I, I, I just want to challenge us. Can we, can we dream again? Can we, even if it's just cheese, can we have this mentality that we are here to make known the beauty of Jesus? And yeah, I may just be tearing down chairs, but I really know that I'm tearing down the kingdom of God. Or I might just be creating graphics, but I realize that I'm creating environments for people to experience life change. Or I might just be ushering, but I'm ushering the kingdom of God into earth so that his will is perfectly done right here and right now. And when when I'm serving kids, I'm not just taking care of kids, but I believe that the kids are the church today not just the church of the future. And when I'm loving on a kid, I'm preventing death and darkness from invading and writing the story of that kid's life. I am shaping a destiny. I'm shaping a future. I'm engaged in a battle. There's so many giants that want to destroy our children, but we're saying, sign me up, Lord. I will fight for the next generation. I will fight for Bellevue. I will fight for the kingdom of God. And I just believe that these big doors will swing on the small hinges of service. If we want to experience that place of honor, we need to become like Jesus and serve. Mark 10, 45 says this, for even the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many.
Isn't that beautiful? That's our Jesus. And I want to follow his example for the rest of my life. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. He didn't ask some beautiful girl to just cut steak for him. He cut that steak himself. (laughs) You know, right here on your, your chairs, here's some cheese. Here's some cheese. Talks about the different departments, the areas you can help in. To be honest, we have a vision to make known the beauty of Jesus. And we believe what God has started here at Kalos Church, we don't, we don't believe it's finished. We believe the best days are ahead of us. And so we're looking for people to help us, to dream again with us. Yeah, we started a church a year ago, but we're not going to let our current success threaten the future success of advancing God's kingdom. We're willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. And so here we are. Will you dream again with us? So why don't you take a moment and look at this piece of paper? And would you just take a moment and fill this out? I mean, even if it's a step of faith, even if you, you're maybe not in a place to serve, there's grace, there's no condemnation. We love you. Jesus loves you. This is a church for all of us. But we just take a moment and ask, Jesus, Lord, what would you have me do? Let's do that right now. There's some pens and papers on your chairs. Jesus is beautiful, isn't he? We want the whole world to know. We want the whole world to know, to experience what we've experienced. Sometimes it just starts with cheese, a piece of paper, just saying, sign me up. I'm in. I'm not going to watch from the sidelines. I'm in. I'm not going to let the kids fight our battles. I'm in. Well, awesome. Hey, uh, we're going to transition this service, and Pastor Amrita is going to come up here. But hey, as we dismiss, um, we'll give you an opportunity to hand this piece of paper over there by those tables, and you'll get a free t-shirt, Dream Again, so you can look as good as me momentarily. And uh, man, and then we have an unveil service where we're going to do some training about what the different departments look like, and that's tonight. And there's free food. And we're going to pray. We're going to worship together. It's going to be amazing at the Bellevue Way Community Church. And so I just encourage you, there's a place for you at Kalos Church. Serving has been one of the best things I've ever done. I got a wife. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but maybe. Maybe. So um, I realize, though, not everybody in here is a Christian. And, uh, you know, 
making the choice to surrender my whole life to Jesus Christ has been the best decision, you know, ever. He died on the cross. He made a way for me to experience life and life abundantly. He's forgiven my sins. And uh, if you're in this place and you haven't fully surrendered your life to Jesus, I pray that you do, and I hope that you do. So I want to give everybody an opportunity right now to do that. So let's close our eyes and bow our heads. But if you're here and you're saying, Pastor Pradeep, and pray for me, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. I want a fresh start. I want to receive forgiveness of my sins. I want a relationship with God. If that's you in this place and you're saying, Pastor Pradeep, and pray for me, on the count of three, would you raise your hand boldly so I can see it? One, two, three. Let's lift it up high so I can see. That's awesome. Awesome. Thanks for raising up your hand. All right, you can put your hand down. And Kalos, just let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause for new life and life transformation? Awesome. Well, God bless you, Kayla's Church. Love you. So proud of you. And uh, I believe that we're going to see some amazing things. We did it, and we're going to do it again. Amen? Amen.